big idea. Making disciples isn't just something I do to help others grow. I do it to help myself become more like Christ. Our weekly identity statement, I become more like Christ when I help others become more like Christ. And our memory verse, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Luke chapter 6, verse 43 through 45. Today's tip for making disciples is a challenging topic. The first few tips have been pretty manageable, but today it's rather unpopular in our culture. And yet it's crucial for making disciples and becoming more like Christ. It's confrontation. One of the challenges we face as a church in today's church-hopping, church-shopping world is discipling people through the process of conflict and confrontation. I've talked about the dangers of church hopping and shopping, how it runs contrary to the covenantal community God had in mind when he created the church, but there is another dangerous component to the tragedy that I haven't discussed. Before you think I'm getting on my soapbox, hear me out. I don't know if you remember, but I talked before about how love keeps no record of wrongs and how there have been times when someone is telling me they're leaving our church that they legitimately pull out a record of wrongs that they have been keeping. Oftentimes, they did this at their last church, which we know because we hear the reasons why they had to leave their last church when they come to our church, and almost certainly it will happen again at their next church. Now, I'm not trying to put anyone down by talking about this issue. I have no desire to tear someone down, but I do have a desire to fix some of the problems the church is facing today, and this is probably in the top three. With those who have kept a record of wrongs through several church experiences, there is some discipleship through confrontation that needs to take place. The problem is, we don't usually get that opportunity. Why? Because we don't know there's a list of problems until they're on their way out the door. And despite my best efforts to seek reconciliation, there is no openness to that pursuit. Again, I'm not complaining. I'm explaining the reality of the problem. The sad truth is, many who have this approach to church will never grow beyond where they currently are in their walk with Christ. Sure, they may have seasons, but this approach to church is a wall they keep running headfirst into. They are bound to repeat the cycle again and again until they have the courage to stick with the church through the problems. I get it. When there are conflicts, especially when they require some form of confrontation, I would much rather run. It's easier. I do not like confrontation, but I have come to see confrontation differently. I mean, none of us are carbon copies of Jesus yet, right? I'm not. While I have met some amazing godly people, I still haven't met a person who is exactly like Jesus. What does that mean? That means there are things in our lives that aren't like Christ. If I'm not yet exactly like Christ, then there is something in my life that isn't of Christ. And the only way for that to be dealt with is through some form of confrontation. Either God will reveal it to us personally. Oftentimes, I think God has revealed it to us time and time again, but we refuse to listen and respond. That's why God uses the body to deal with the issue. And until we start to see the fact that the motive behind the confrontation isn't condemnation but transformation, we'll keep running for the hills every time. So, what do we do? First, we stick it out. I know not very many will listen to this advice, 
but there are very few legitimate reasons to leave a church. Proverbs 18:24, John 13:34 through 35, John 15:13, Proverbs 17:17 17, 17, and 1 Corinthians 13:7. The New Testament is a picture of ridiculous loyalty in spite of great personal cost. The Bible speaks a lot about loyalty, friends that love at all times, sticking closer than a brother and laying down your life for another. The way we love one another is how the world will know that we are Jesus' disciples. No wonder so many people don't believe in God anymore outside the church. They haven't actually seen Jesus in the church in the form of faithful, loyal love in all circumstances. So stick it out. Never give up. Keep working to seek reconciliation. Second, go to the person. Matthew 18, 15 through 20, Ephesians 4, 29, Exodus 23, 1, and James 1, 26, James 4, 11. Gossip is a sin. In fact, it's a much bigger sin than we have believed. We know that gossiping about someone makes us feel good in the moment. It actually releases dopamine and other feel-good chemicals in our brain. But when we gossip, we are speaking ill of someone who can't defend themselves. It's a true injustice. We're taking advantage of another person for our own personal pleasure, and that's truly despicable. Jesus said, if your brother sins against you, go to that person just between the two of you first. Oh, by the way, it's no coincidence that the parable of the unmerciful servant follows up this teaching on reconciliation. Third, ask questions. Try to clarify intent. Sometimes we assume someone has done something for the wrong reasons. Other times we assume someone knows they have done something and are doing it on purpose. When you go to the person, don't just jump into accusatory remarks, ask questions, seek to understand what happened. Oftentimes we have misinterpreted a situation and conjured up drama that never existed to begin with, or it was just a simple misunderstanding. Fourth, be gentle, gracious, and compassionate. Galatians 6.1, 2 Timothy 4.2, Ephesians 4.15. If you need to confront an issue, do so with incredible gentleness, grace, and compassion. Don't put yourself in a higher position and seek to belittle the other. Seek to come to common ground. That will be hard if you intentionally put yourself on higher ground and try to knock them down. Next, don't be divisive. Titus 3.10 Some people don't have a problem confronting others. In fact, some people thrive on confrontation. There are those who like to stir the hornet's nest and try to make people mad. I've encountered several in my ministry. Confrontation is not an excuse to be divisive. The point is always reconciliation. Always. Next, graciously receive correction. Exodus 18.24 If you find yourself receiving correction, be gracious in it. Don't get defensive. I have a hard time not getting defensive. This is something I'm growing in. Don't fight for your rights. Don't put up your armor and puff up your chest. Be completely humble and gentle. If there has been a misunderstanding, seek to resolve it graciously. Again, the end goal is to be back in good standing with one another. When Moses' father-in-law corrected him, he received the instruction and made changes. We can do the same. Finally, remember your motive. In every situation, remember that your underlying desire is to become more like Christ and help others become more like Christ. Don't let your personality or ego get the best of you on either side of the confrontation. Your motive is more of Jesus in everything. Your motive is love, loving one another like Christ has loved you and gave up his own life for you. Your motive is to show the world the crazy love of God's kingdom. 
The only way we can change this problem in the church is if we start to deal with it ourselves. We can't force this kingdom truth on those who don't want to receive it. We can only live it out and model the way. But we absolutely cannot accept this reality. We cannot be a party to this kind of thinking in the church. We can't be those who run for the hills at the first sign of conflict. Instead, we must seek to be more like Christ and let Christ be more on display in our lives through it all. Can you imagine how people outside the church would react if they knew you were going through some kind of difficult conflict and you and the other party were just trying to outlove one another through the process? And that even though it would be difficult to be called out on something, you know the motive of the person calling you out and that their desire is God's absolute best for your life. And they don't want to let anything get in the way of you experiencing that. That would say something for sure. Our daily scripture focus, Romans eight thirty-five through 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, For your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. As we wrap up, I encourage you to take a few minutes to think and pray through a few things. First, conceptualize. Imagine yourself in a conflict or confrontation. How would it change your perspective on the situation if you knew you were going to be loyal to your relationship with this person no matter what? Second, reflect. Can you think of any conflict or confrontation you have been avoiding? Third, repent. Spend some time praying and ask God to change your mind and heart about each of these areas. If you have neglected to talk with someone about a specific issue, repent and ask God to give you the courage to have that conversation. He very well may have put you in their life for this reason. Finally, thank God. Thank God for the people who have been loyal to you through difficulty. Thank God for His loyal love that endures forever.